Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're coming to you uh, live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios who understands that it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Sunday, it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader. First, Mahomes and the Chiefs open their 2019 home schedule against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Then Bridgewater and the Saints head to Seattle for a late afternoon showdown with the Seahawks. A full day of football starts with JB and the guys on the NFL today on CBS. 855-212-4227 is our toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Just go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. It's time for our weekly game of fantasy uh, first and second half dose of your calls with Jamie Eisenberg of CBSSports.com, CBSHQ, and, of course, CBS Sports Radio. I on Fantasy Football on Saturday nights at 10 on the network here. Check it out tomorrow night. How you doing, Jamie? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing better than Antonio Brown. Uh, so uh, what, do you, what does that do to fantasy teams? How many people actually are rolling with this guy and now are, like, doubly burned by him? Uh, well, I mean, everybody was rolling with him you know, on their rosters. It's now a situation where you're probably going to drop him, or at least you should. Uh, I don't anticipate him playing anymore in the NFL this year, and maybe not ever again. So, you know, it's not worth holding on to in seasonal leagues, in dynasty leagues, in long-term keeper formats. If you want to see what happens to him moving forward, you can certainly do that. But uh, I don't know if we're ever going to see him you know, play uh, in this league again. Is that your gut feeling, that he may never play again? Yeah, I think it's, you know, he's burned, uh, you know, bridges with three franchises. And typically, if you burn the bridge in New England, it's, it's probably a telling sign that most teams are not going to give you a second chance because they're one of the more forgiving franchises. So uh, it'd be a surprise if, you know, somebody kicks the tires on him at, at 31 years old and the salary that he's in the command. But, you know, the NFL is one of those leagues where if they feel you can help them win, they'll take a chance on you. But just given everything that we've seen from him and, what this pending investigation is, it's going to be very difficult to see him get a job again. And what about if he did get a job, like he was at $30 million, then $15 million, what would he be worth then, a million dollars at best? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, it's a prove-it deal. You know, if he's going to sign somewhere, it's going to be, you know, let me show I can go out and still play at a high level and then hopefully get a contract, you know, for a two-, three-year, four-year situation, you know, in 2020. But, um, you know, again, at 31 years old and, and the comments that he's made this offseason here, you go back to that interview with ESPN with Jeff Darlington where he said, I'm fine walking away from the game. Now's the time to prove it. You know, so if he's really comfortable with uh, everything he's accomplished and, and knowing that he may not get another chance, then he, he may be done. There you have it. All right, you can uh, call now. You get a bunch of phone calls now. First half, second half. We'll do uh, double segments like we always do. Jamie Eisenberg is the best at fantasy. You got questions. Who to start, who to sit, who to deal, what to do with your league and your team. Call now, 855-212-4227. Everybody doing good? Jamie, you're doing good? I'm doing great. Uh, Carver, how you doing tonight? You doing good? Excellent. 
Hey, uh, what about you, Mafia? You doing good tonight? Fantastic. I just want to say I'm doing miserable tonight because Antonio Brown has given me an earache and a stomachache, and uh, I literally hate him dead, so he's ruined my team. So I hate him dead, and it's ruined my mood, so I'm not doing well. But uh, just for that matter, that everybody else is doing well, now no one has to ask us how we're doing because they know that all three of these guys are doing great and I'm doing crappy. So now that we have that out of the way, don't ask how we're doing. Trey in New York. One point PPR, I need a flex. Uh, James White, Tyrell Williams, Edo Smith, or James Washington? I'd go with James White. You know, it's uh, it's kind of a renewed Patriots offense with some targets now, now available. So I get the impression just how the Patriots tend to operate, that they're going to say we don't need Antonio Brown. Brady will be fine. Passing game will be fine. Opponent stinks. They're at home. It all sets up for, uh, you know, a big offensive day for the Patriots. I think James White will have the best opportunity there. There you go. Uh, have a good weekend, Trey. Brandon in California. Hey, Scotty, can you pour me a beer? We're doing better than AB2. Get him a beverage. There you go. Uh, thank you. My man. Yeah, question, Jamie. Uh, who would you start this week and possibly the rest of the season uh, who has better upside, David Montgomery or Carryon Johnson? That's a great question. I, I hope it's Carryon Johnson, just given what the draft value was. And we'll find out with the release of C.J. Anderson. We'll open up some opportunities for him. I would lean toward him in a PPR league over Montgomery this week, but I'd go with Montgomery in a non-PPR league just because I think the matchup's better for him against Washington. But rest of the season, I'd still say Carryon Johnson. All right, there yep. you go. Uh, there you go, Brandon. Uh, Esteban in Illinois. Hey, Jamie, I'm a big fan. Um, I prepared you. for Antonio Brown leaving. So right now I, I need someone to uh, start in the flex. Made some, a ton of trades. Had to trade Dalvin Cook, you know, to make a stronger team. But uh, who should I start in the flex? Should I go with uh, Brent Gore this week or Nelson Aguilar or roll the dice with a potential shootout with uh, Nicole Hardman? Thank you so much, and Godspeed. My man. Yeah, all, all, all decent options. I mean, Gore is uh, going to get a boost with Singletary out. Aguilar gets a big boost without, you know, Deshaun Jackson and most likely Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Hardman's a wild card just because, you know, the, the Chiefs, I think, will get a little bit more out of Sammy Watkins this week. So I lean toward Aguilar. You know, I think the setup for him is, is fantastic. Uh, he's got a pretty good track record of every time his targets are up, that the numbers follow. That's not a, a, a strange theory when you think about most receivers, but – I like the you know the game flow and the expectation for him against the Lions. That could be a shootout as well. All right, there you go, Esteban. Uh, Carrie in South Dakota, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Jamie. Uh, I got two quick DFS questions for you. Uh, I know Dave was talking about his interest in Will Fuller this week after he's had two kind of duds. Um, with the news about um, the Chargers secondary, what do you think about a um, – a Houston stack with Watson and Fuller in DFS. And then what do you think about the free space with Deontay Johnson with the news coming out that he's going to get a lot of work? I mean, uh, you know, both good scenarios. You know, Fuller could certainly have a big blow-up play. He's the type of tournament, you know, chance you want to take because any given week he could score, you know, on a, on a 50, 60-yard reception and in some cases two of them. So it's not a bad play there uh, to go with the stack of Watson and and uh, and Fuller and then Johnson, like you said, uh, use the term free space because he's cheap, and so I think we'll see him get more playing opportunity. It's not a bad roll of the dice just to see what happens, but you know you're relying on inexperienced quarterback, rookie wide receiver, 
You know, so uh, if you're just looking for a cheap option, yes. If you're looking for a little bit more consistency, you might want to go a different route. All right, Kerry. Uh, Abdul in Dallas on the ticket. You're on a bench. Hey, Jamie. Big fan of you, Dave, Adam, Heath. Uh, love listening to y'all's podcast. I got Thank two you. questions. Uh, you're welcome. I got two questions for two different leagues, similar players. Uh, my league of record, I'm 0-2. I got Lamar Jackson, and I want you to tell me what you think about the trade I just made. And I traded Tyreek Hill for Marquise Brown straight up, and that's the league I'm 0-2. In another league, I have Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, and Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes. Rest of season, which pairing do you like better? Because I'm trying to – uh, create a trade where I pair both of those two guys for a elite running back, i.e. Barkley, Elliott, Kamara. So what do you think about the first question with the trade, and then what do you think about the second scenario I'm currently in right now? I mean, in terms of the, the Tyreek Hill trade in the first one, I, I get it. You're 0-2. you got to win now. You know, Tyreek may come back next week. You know, the fact that he's out of a sling, it may be another three, four weeks. So, you know, you're capitalizing on what should be a great play in Marquise Brown. So, I don't love it just in terms of value for value, but in your current situation, it does make sense. And then I would still try and shop both Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown and hold on to Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. There's just a higher ceiling for the Chiefs guys, given what we saw last year, given what we're seeing right now, and hopefully Tyreek is back soon. So if you can hold on to the Chiefs guys, that's the way to go. But, again, understanding if you need to get an elite running back now, you may be able to capitalize more on trading Mahomes and trading Tyreek Hill. So, uh, you're in good shape either way, you know, as long as you get off that 0-2 snide and, and get a win this week. Why, uh, why sit Cousins against uh, Oakland when they're playing at home? They usually play pretty well at home. He doesn't throw. I mean, the, the, they're sort of giving you the blueprint of what they want to be, which is kind of what we expected in, in the Stefanski, um, you know, Kubiak offense of just wanting to run the ball. So I think it's going to be a lot of Dalvin Cook. I, I think you can get the same type of production from Cousins that you got in week one with more attempts. He only threw 10 passes in week one. But I don't see him going for, you know, 302 unless it's just the let's get our passing game going and open things up. But I just don't know if that's the offense Mike Zimmer wants to run. Well, Jay in New Jersey, you're on with Jamie Eisenberg. What's good, guys? So, Jamie, um, I have uh, Kenny Galladay starting over Edelman. So, obviously, now with the news of AB and whatnot, should I uh, swap that position and have uh, Edelman start over Galladay? It's a PPR league, and my number one receiver is uh, Juju. What do you think? I may go both those guys over Juju, to be honest with you. Um, you know, not that Juju's going to be, be bad, but, you know, Galladay, as we saw last week, when they feature him, he's going to have a chance to have some blow-up spots. And the Eagles secondary, the Eagles defense as a whole, not playing very well and, and, and a little bit banged up. I know it's risky to bench Juju, and, and the numbers – suggests that when the targets are up for receivers against San Francisco, the numbers pop. So if you want to go that route and keep Juju in there, then I think you bench Galladay because I just think that this is a, a Patriots offense that's going to come out and say, we don't need Antonio Brown. We're at home against the Jets. We can do whatever we want. And this is a you know sort of a get-right game for Edelman. So I think Edelman is the must-start guy. Uh, you could say Juju is the second guy or Galladay either way. So if you feel more comfortable with Juju, go with Juju. Uh, there you go, uh, 855-212-4227 to get on with Jamie. A-Train in Columbus here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, guys, I got a, I got A-B, so obviously I got to drop him. But I also got Mike Evans and Latavius Murray. I'd like to get your opinion on. On available free agency, I have Fitzgerald, Emmanuel Sanders, Tyrell Williams, and Matt Breida, Brandon Cooks. So, you know, those are my options. 
Well, it sounds like you're in a very shallow league if all those guys are available. I, I, I take a shot on Fitzgerald right now just because he's you know, looking like he's 26 as opposed to 36, and, and the new offense in Arizona has definitely been a good thing for him. So ride the hot hand in, in a good matchup this week at home against the Panthers. The, the slot receiver against the Panthers has been very good each of the first two games. Last week it was Chris Godwin. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I would just uh, I would go that route, and, and, and A.B. is the one that's got to go. There you go. Uh, We'll come back with the second half and your calls all with Jamie Eisenberg. Don't forget to check him out tomorrow night on CBS Sports Radio at 10 p.m. Eastern with Eye on Fantasy Football. 855-212-4CBS to get on the bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. So uh, the Boise game is 17-13 Boise on Air Force in the fourth, early in the fourth. The USC game is 21-10 Trojans. With five minutes and change left in the third, and uh, USC has the ball deep in their own end, up 11 on the highly ranked Utah Utes, who everyone had uh, a lot of people going to the playoff this year, that Utah was the team to beat. And we talked about this last night. At great length, they always have a problem at the Coliseum. Have not won there since they got in the Pac-12. Have not won at the L.A. Coliseum. How crazy is that? Jamie Eisenberg's with us. Uh, You can catch his show on the network Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. And you can see all the uh, great stuff he does on CBSSports.com, on CBS HQ. He really is everywhere. He's omnipresent. uh, And he's been on the bench for years and years. Uh, we're working on two decades with this guy. Literally, it's it's getting to that point. It's like a marriage. It's like I'm like his wife. Dave in Wisconsin, you're on with Jamie. I hope you signed a prenup, my friend. Hey, can't wait for you guys to hit Green Bay, man. Now that was good. Old fashions and brats. Get him. Oh well, so I haven't heard anything yet about it. Anything uh, going to Lambo? So I don't know. That was maybe a lot of hype. Well, we're in Madison, man. We're looking forward to it. Hey. I got Le'Veon Bell, man. Now the third string quarterback. I offered a trade, and I think I took it. May take it. I lost Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and Joe Mixon. And he wants for me Le'Veon Bell and um, Keenan Allen. And a message to Carver High from all Milwaukee Bucks fans: Fear the deer. Go ahead, uh, Jamie. I mean, look, the the receivers in the end can end up being a wash. Uh, the hope for you would have to be that Mixon bounces back, which I think he can. You know, it's just been a little bit of a struggle, obviously, with the ankle injury. So if you're in that desperate need of a quarterback, there's nobody on waivers, it's not a bad trade for you to make. There you go. Um, and then Marcus in Oregon. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, lost Drew Brees, just like the last caller. 0-2, and I need a good day out of my receivers. So I'm going to give you a pick two out of three. Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I think you missed McLaurin this week. It's a tough matchup against the Bears. I think this is the breakout game for Mike Evans. You know, he typically has played well against the Giants. You heard what Norris Jenkins said. You know, it's hard to cover somebody for 10 seconds because they have no pass rush. So I think this is the game that Winston gets going, that Evans gets going. Hopefully O.J. Howard gets going. But the Giants are sort of that cure-all for a lot of offenses, and I think it will be the same thing for the Bucs. All right, Marcus. Uh, 855-212-4CBS. Mike in Texas, you're on with Jamie. Hey, PPR League, and I'm stuck on tight end position between Ingram with Daniel Jones and Waller playing against the Minnesota defense. And also, um, I want to get your thoughts on Hawkinson. Uh, Do you think he's a bust, or do you think he'll uh, come out on top at at the end of the season? Thanks. I would lean toward him coming out on top at the end of the season. Look, he's a rookie tight end that's going to struggle. He's in an offense that has uh, 
you know, a lot of mouths to feed, but there's going to be a lot of great games as we saw in week one. So, um, you know, if you're carrying all three, you probably want to make a trade uh, for this week. I would play Ingram. To, you know, again, I think you saw the Bucks defense get beat up by Greg Olson last week. In week one, they should have given up at least one, potentially two touchdowns to George Kittle that were called back due to penalty. So I think Ingram is going to be fine with Daniel Jones. I don't think it's going to be a big drop-off from Eli Manning to Jones. It may be an upgrade, uh, which isn't saying very much, you know, just given how this Giants offense has looked. So Ingram is the best tight end you have. Try and trade one of the other two and then, you know, just see what happens moving forward. I think Hawkinson will be fine, though. I think you should be a head coach in the NFL, Jamie, with everything that you know about all the players, or at least a GM, you know what I mean, with, like, personnel, uh, decision power. Like, I think you could uh, literally run an NFL team. I'm, I'm, a, I'm of the ilk that you could do it. I actually believe in you fully. Other than your, other than your Florida Gator ties, I think you're pretty damn smart. Listen, you guys had a big win last week against Bethune. That was uh, that was important for you. Um, Shut up! Shut up before I come down there and beat your face. <laughs> you can be my head coach. I'll be the GM. You be the head coach. All right, Mike in uh, Toronto. Jesus, come on, bro. Really? What are you doing? Dropping the bong? No, no, no. All right, go ahead. You're on. All right, great. Pour me a drink. Pour Get him a beverage. He's dropping his bong. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Jimmy, I got a uh, flex. My flex, I had Williams. He's injured this week. So I have Ross. Or I was thinking Debo from San Francisco or Goodwin. Which one would you play? You know, I, I think if you're going to look for the, the upside play, you know, the, the ceiling is, is probably the highest for John Ross, but I think the floor is pretty low just because the matchup against Buffalo is so tough. And they don't give up big plays. They don't give up long touchdowns very often going back to last year. So you might be better off playing Debo Samuel. You know, we're going to find out how good this Steelers secondary is right now with the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick. I still think they'll be a little bit beatable. Uh, Garoppolo is going to have to lean on somebody other than George Kittle. And last week it was Debo Samuel. So I have Ross ranked higher. Again, if you're looking for the highest ceiling, play John Ross. If you're looking for the highest floor, play Debo Samuel. There you go. Um, I just wanted to – can we give him another beer for having the worst phone of the night? Uh, so far on the show. There you go. I mean, that was painful. Mark in Miami. Hey, guys. Uh, been there. I'd be asking this question at the start of the season, but I'm debating now because of the matchups for this week. Mahomes or Dak? Thanks. You know, I, I think you still go Dak. Um, I, you know, we saw, we've seen two quarterbacks against Miami now. One was absolutely amazing in Lamar Jackson. One was still very good in Tom Brady. Just didn't need to do very much. And that could be the case against the Dolphins very often for the rest of the year. But I think Dak at home, this is, a, you know, put up a big number statistically and, and, you know, sort of pad those stats for the contract situation. That's kind of the way I'm leaning with him. So he's my number two quarterback for this week. Um, Mahomes certainly has a chance to be better. Uh, it, it's tough to bench him. It, it's kind of a, a, a toss-up, a pick-em. Um, you know, but I think Dak may end up having the bigger day. Uh, Matt in Cleveland on the fan. You're on with Jamie Eisenberg. I got a flex for a standard scoring league. Curtis Samuel, Darwin Thompson, or Frank Gore? I think it's Gore. You know, in a standard league, you know, no Devin Singletary. The Bengals' run defense was decent in week one against Seattle and then absolutely atrocious last week at home against San Francisco. And so Gore's probably going to be in, in the 15 to 20 carry range. Uh, they were so happy to get him in the end zone last week. Uh, I could see him scoring again against the Bengals at home. So I'd play Gore. 
There you go. Uh, Chris in Illinois. Hey, what's up, boys? Uh, so I got uh, Zeke and uh, Davius Murray right now at my running back. I've been able to hold on to Ebron and Kittle so far this season. I, I've been having to bounce them back and forth, and it's killing me. And Murray's not producing at all. I got a guy that wants to trade me right now, uh, Mark Ingram, for either LeBron or LeBron, Ebron or Kittle. Is that worth it at all? And which one should I do? Uh, please hang up the phone. Don't do anything else. Go straight to your computer and accept Mark Ingram for Eric Ebron right now. That is the trade of all trades that I've heard all week. And do not trade George Kittle. Trade Eric Ebron. He's not going to play very well all season. You have to, that's a steal for you. Go hang up the phone. There you go. Hang phone. up the phone. Hurry up and do it. Then go have a drink. Jesse in Youngstown. Hey, what's up, guys? Love the show. Um, my question is, Patrick Mahomes, or do I play Tom Brady? You know, I think in this case you play Mahomes. Uh, playing at home against the Ravens, you know, I, I think Brady's got a shot to have a big game against the Jets as well. But, you know, I, it's the highest point total for the week in terms of the Ravens and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are expected to score, you know, 30 of the 50-some-odd points. So I wouldn't get cute here. I'd play Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in fantasy. There you go, Jesse. Have a good weekend. Finally, uh, Dylan in Maine, you're on the bench. Hey, a PPR league, start two, sit two, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, Jarvis Landry, Philip Dorsett. Tyrell Williams, I think, is your best bet. I don't love the matchup for him, but he's been playing very well. He's number one guy there in the offense. And if you want to take a flyer on Dorsett, this is the week to do it. You know, a home game against the Jets, last time we saw him at home was a game against the Steelers when he went off for two touchdowns and four catches and 95 yards. So this could be the uh, we don't need Antonio Brown so we can you know use all of our guys that are still here. And Dorsett has been playing very well going back to the end of last year. So I take a chance on Dorsett. All right, Jamie, great stuff this week. Enjoy the games on Sunday. Uh, I've been on fire hitting winners. One last question for you. Do you trust either of those gigantic spreads, the 21-and-a-half and the 22-and-a-half in the NFL this week? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the Dolphins are going to be terrible, and the Cowboys at home should blast them, and the same thing with the Patriots. I mean, you know, you're talking about Luke Falk going into Foxborough. That's going to be ugly. Wow, he's landed in both games. There you go, Jamie. Uh, great stuff tonight on the bench. Check him out on Saturday night on Eye on Fantasy. You can see everything else at CBSSports.com and on CBS HQ. Thanks, Jamie. Have a great weekend. Go Gators. Right, screw you. Farrellin guy, can you believe this guy? What's with this guy? Was he funny? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. All right. Uh, don't forget uh, PharrellOnTheBench.com for all my picks in college football and pro football this weekend. It's flat out simple. I'm the best. Boom, whether you like it or not. Last week, 12-3 and three in spreads, 80%. 23 and 7 overall, 77%. Top four hit, boom, 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 boom. Five of my top six hit, 83%. In two weeks of picks, I'm 47 of 60. Because don't forget, I hit uh, the Thursday night game already. I also hit the Monday night game. I mean, both ways. So uh, Thursday night, Jags to win, Jags and the points. Pharrellandabench.com. Uh, just for icing on the cake, I gave you eight of nine baseball winners last night. Just for the icing on the cake. Pharrellandabench.com, the very best. It's simple. Sign up. 
hide the stacks of cash from your wife because she'll spend it on like things like Fendi bags. There you go. 855-212-4CBS. You notice what's happening here in this Boise game? They're just lighting it up now and blowing them out. This game's over. They're going to go up 17 here when they score with four and a half minutes to go in this game. And then uh, I feel like I've noticed, am I wrong, that Utah is about to take the lead in this game early in the fourth quarter because they're like at the goal line, aren't they? So they had a pick. And they got deep into USC territory, and they went and scored to, to make it 21-17. Now, Carver High, they're going to go in again. They're going to take the lead, and that'll be the last time that USC has the lead. Do you think that USC will come back and win this game, or this will be it right here? Yeah, the game has definitely changed since about the six-minute mark of the third quarter with six minutes left. Domination. Um, Utah's taking over. They're going to punch this in. And the good th- what Utah does to you is win. And, wow, they get the— Ooh, Oh, he he's going to break free. Oh, get a sack here on third down, so— there you go. That's what do you huge. want to do here? Do you want to kick and be down one? I mean, you're dominating the game right now. You can get the ball back. Right. And then you need another I'd field kick goal. the field goal. I'd probably. They're going to kick I'd it. I'd probably kick. And he's very conservative. He's going to kick here, get it to a one-point game. Because then, if you're at a one-point game and they score a touchdown, it's still a one-possession game. You'll be down yeah, eight. I'm so that's why you, you got to take the three here. But this is the kind of game where Utah now, if they could, if they would have went in, can they like to grind you. You know, they like to run the football. That's what they're doing that. now. That, yeah, that's what they're all about. They're not a team that's going to beat you like these other teams, you know, 56 to 10. No. You know, that's not what Utah does. I think this is the turning point is that they've been wearing them down in the second half. Like, it's like night and day, this game. It was all USC early. Then they uh, th- then they started making some mistakes. Well, everybody was making mistakes in the first half. You, uh, there was 15 penalties in the first half, nine by Utah, six by USC. A lot of penalties, a lot of mistakes in the first half all around. And now in the second half, cleaned it up a little bit, and Utah now within one point. Well, I'll give you this much. It's a great game uh, for a Friday night, right? I-, I thought the other game was pretty good, too, with Boise and Air Force, but uh, this is the same thing here. The talent is now uh, overwhelming Air Force with their uh, athleticism and physicality. Boise has pushed them around for the entire second half. This was a tie game at the half, right? And then Boise has just lit them up in the second half as Air Force ran out of gas. It was like they were able to hang with them for a half, but you could tell in the third quarter they just had nothing left to offer, and they've been getting pushed backwards on their heels. Eric in Queens, New York, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, first I got to give you guys, especially you, Matt, props on your picks. I joined the Book a Day Sun uh, Pharrell picks, and I, I, I won my pool both weeks, and I'm leading 80 people. Thanks to you, so I'll give you. Well, I think that's just that. that that's just fantastic. I love hearing uh, those types of stories from the results. Uh, I tell people all the time. I, you know, a lot of people. Uh, there's, you know, the show reaches millions. So the the bottom line is that a lot of people don't believe it. A lot of people get you know skeptical. That's impossible. He could never hit that many games. He could never hit that many bets. And the reality is, is that I do. And the site is kick-ass, and it makes people money, and that's just all there is to it. And it's been going on for 15 years. I should have done it for I should have done it for 30 years. If I, if I was smart, I would have been doing this my entire career. And of course, I, I hit the Thursday night game, so that was that was easy. Just another um, winner Thursday night, and I didn't even like that bet. I told uh, one guy wrote me and said. Uh, 
am I getting this right? Because he was a new customer, and he's like, am I getting this right? You're taking the Jags on the money line and the spread. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not big on it. I think I would uh, be careful and go light on it because I'm not real confident in the Jaguars at all when I make a bet because uh, it could go either way. And, and I, you know, I, I consider it just a lucky night that they uh, won outright and, and covered. So I'm sorry I have to bring A.B. up, but it's been bothering me. I don't know why Goodell didn't put him on the list before he gets a psych evaluation. Obviously, there's something wrong with this guy's brain, and it's bringing down the whole NFL, and he has nobody to blame for the 100-year fiasco but himself, Goodell. Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, I have no problem at all with tonight. Uh, this, you know, frankly, I'm hoping uh, that this is – kind of the end of the road and the end and the end of this so that I'm willing I'm more than happy to open up the phone lines right now and listen to anyone uh, that has an opinion about this guy's demise I don't I'm all for it tonight just have at it I'm just sick and tired of him and you know I said this a million times he's he ruined my team so the Steelers were ruined by this guy now everyone will say that's not true and they're just high because he did ruin their season, he ruined the team, he ruined the locker room, he ruined a relationship with a great quarterback. Now, I've said this before, you can say whatever you want about Roethlisberger. You can say he's this, he's that, he's a D, he's a, he's a backstabber, he's a phony, you can call him whatever you want. But in my view, on Sundays, that guy slung it like, you know, top five in the league. If you ask me, he slung it like no other in the NFL. And he stood and took abuse like no other with his size. He, he got hit like a like he was a, a middle linebacker. But the fact is, that guy, in my opinion, 95% of Brown's success was from that arm. From Roethlisberger to him, made him great. And put him on the map and made it. He made him all his money. I mean, the reason that guy was rich is because of Ben Roethlisberger. I don't care what anybody says. You know, the ball didn't just uh, fall out of the sky. God didn't throw those passes to him. Uh, I won't deny he's a great receiver, but Roethlisberger's the one that hit him on all those passes. So his entire pro career is because of Ben Roethlisberger. And the way he treated that guy and the way he still treats him and the way he still talks crap about him, it makes me sick, and I want to punch him in the face. So I don't like the guy at all. Dead. I don't care what happens to him, and I think it's just fantastic. I, I actually am I'm reveling. I'm reveling in the fact that his career is going down the drain. He's finished. So all these people talking about he's coming back and getting another gig, I think they're tripping. So uh, let's see it, because I think he's going right on that fat, uh, you know, collude list. They're going to keep him out of the NFL. I think the owners are going to keep him out, because that's who gives him jobs. They're not going to have some head coach go, listen, uh, hey, Mr. Owner, we need to get this guy in here because we suck. Like, the Dolphins could use him tomorrow, right? But they don't have anybody. Uh, they, they're worthless. Uh, but meanwhile, their owners, he, he's a, another one. Like, he got rid of Kenny Stills in five minutes because he questioned him. Don't think that Kenny Stills is playing in Houston because the Dolphins just thought they'd get rid of him. They got rid of him because he opened his mouth and, and talked about the owner being an idiot. You tell that to that rich old billionaire white man's club, you're not going to have a job. I think they're going to blackball this guy from the league. Well, you know, Vince McMahon's got a lot of money. Uh, he can go and give Antonio Brown like a, a truck, Brinks truck, you know, back it up and say, hey, you want to be the face of the XFL? Come and, come and play football for me in February. And who are they going to get to throw the ball to him? I, I don't know. Is I anyone think... good enough to throw him the ball? Here you go. I mean, have all this money and come be the face of our, of our league. 
I think it would be embarrassing if you made him the face of your league. It would be an absolute humiliation league because you'd basically have this uh, criminal. Isn't is that what, what it he, already was the last time? It already was the last time. And, and some people think, uh, a lot of people, as you know, think that it's going to be this great league uh, this time around. Because they've they've sold you on we've uh, we figured out what we did wrong we're gonna do it again and we're gonna do it right this time we're gonna spend you know way more money you know a billion dollars we're gonna do all this and uh, we're gonna get it right this time do you really believe that you know what I mean do you really believe that the second time around is gonna be any different no I don't. And I don't believe that he's going to play in it. It's just, it's funny to think he's got a lot of money. Go give it to him. Honestly, in my opinion, I, I'm not even kidding. A flag football league with former players. Like, you seen the commercial with uh, with Bettis playing flag football? Have you seen that funny one? I think a, a, a league, like Big Three with, with, you know, their league with all the former players in the NBA playing in it. I think a flag football league. Uh, with former players in the NFL, with Joe Montana throwing passes and Brett Favre and Jerry Rice running routes, would be more successful than the XFL. And you can quote me on that, too. Jacob in Maryland. Hey, man, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, once you said you could open up the phone lines about AB, I just couldn't help myself. Uh, as a huge, huge Raiders fan, I was nothing but thrilled when I found out that we could get his talent because – John Gruden acquiring AB for us was like the uh, I'm sorry for getting rid of Khalil Mack. It's kind of what it felt like. And uh, after what he did to us and everything, and the Raiders and John Gruden and Derek Carr stood by him on his feet, his helmet, and the issues he had, they were going to give him $30 million to guarantee. They traded for him. You know, seeing him now getting shunned by the Patriots just feels great because of all teams, it's the Patriots. I, and I agree. What, though, I don't think this is over, though. I could definitely see the Browns or the Redskins sniffing into him and looking, you know, looking into this. How much trouble can he really get into, and if he can get put on the list or not? Now I know he can't unless he signed onto a team, but I, after the Browns got Kareem Hunt, I could see them trying to sniff into Buzz this, in. and then the Redskins because that's I mean, fine. That that's fine. But what's going to happen? Just so we're clear, the minute that guy, if he gets a job with Drew Rosenhaus, getting him another deal, the minute he gets another deal, I guarantee you. <laughs> unequivocally that Roger Goodell is going to put him on the exempt list. He's not going to play football in the NFL because uh, this guy has already humiliated enough people and ruined enough and burned enough bridges and destroyed their 100th anniversary season to start. I mean, the entire season has been about this 100th anniversary, and it has been an absolute disaster. (laughs) It's been a disaster because this guy has stolen the season, and it's been all about him. And now he's getting his uh, comeuppance. I mean, this guy is absolutely getting karma. Karma is such a B. I mean, this guy is getting karma like no one. Karma chameleon, this guy. That's who we should call him because you know what? And it's funny. I will say this about your team. Uh, I have to. I have to say this because you guys sucked up to him like no other. I mean, you guys really laid out the red carpet and got down on your knees and just and the rest of them bent over. I mean, the whole franchise, including all the broadcasters, all the media, everyone associated with the Oakland Raiders, you guys got smoked like a bong by this guy because you guys sucked up to him like it was the phoniest thing I've ever seen in my life. You guys sucking up to this guy and putting up with all of his shack. I mean, this guy was absolutely, I mean, literally defecating on him. Was he not? And they just put up with it like, no, the enablers, we should call them. The Oakland enablers. That's who they are, the Oakland enablers. They enabled it. They let it happen. 
And then they were like, oh, we're going to wash our hands of him after the fact because they got so sick and tired of his BS. Right? That's what happened. Let's let's just face the facts. It's just that simple. You guys bent over backwards for this guy, gave him all that money, did everything, traded for him, and then literally got on your knees for this guy like in a porno movie. Right? And then what? Look at you now. You're back to sucking again. It didn't take long, did it? Because they are now whipping boys again, aren't they? They looked great last week. And then this week, how do you think they're going to do in uh, Minnesota? Call the show. Talk about any game, college or pro, the rest of the way. I'm opening up the phone lines, 855-212-4CBS. Don't forget, you can listen to the show on radio.com, Ask Alexa, Sirius XM app, and the CBS Sports app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.